Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. And today's topic is capacitors, or more specifically, their relation to energy storage, which in the age of electric vehicles and the monumental power requirements of the IoT has become a universal concern. Our guest, Kyocera AVX's Ron Demko, is no stranger to the PSD Cast. When we spoke last, we were talking about the company's involvement with Formula E and the Dragon Penske Racing Team, and today he'd like to discuss how capacitors can be used to store energy harvested from the environment and potentially to replace batteries in some Internet of Things applications and more. So, Ron, welcome back to the show, and let's start with something simple. Why has energy storage become such a vital concern in today's environment? Hi, Jason. First off, thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, well, energy storage is, is, a, is a big topic, and it can range, of course, from big grid implications, very high power, to uh, printed circuit board use. But if we're to, to look at the printed circuit board or the small level type of, of view on this thing, energy storage is going to offer cost reductions, which is always a good thing. There's no maintenance involved in, in changing a battery out. Um, it would increase the uptime of the end unit. Uh, for instance, if we, if we have a, a network of ice sensors on a road, uh, it's going to be very impractical to change a thousand batteries or so, however many sensors would be there. Well, if, if there's uh, ambient energy harvesting, we, we get rid of the, uh, you know, the cost of changing the batteries, and we also would increase the uptime. We'd always have real-time ice uh, data coming in. And then also it's green, and there's no, you know, very easy to, uh, to recognize that. There's no batteries to have to recycle. There's also a secondary advantage, though, that whenever we change a battery, there's a possibility that we could damage the end unit. So that has another green component to it. There's no uh, potentially dead system to have to uh, replace with uh, having damaged it with changing the batteries out. Right. Now, in your pitch, you mentioned three major trends that allow uh, low power loads, the types typically associated with the IoT, to be uh, powered by energy harvested sources, um, stored in capacitor banks. So could you briefly touch on all three that you had alluded to? Yes, absolutely. There's an awful lot going on here, and this is really worthy of some detailed discussions. Uh, well, first off, I, the ICs associated with IoT and battery electronics in general have gotten dramatically more efficient. So we now have ICs with ultra-low power uh, consumption. Uh, in fact, I work a lot with a particular MCU, which has 400 nanoamps standby, and then about 12 to maybe 25 microamps of active state um, current consumption. So ULP is a very big uh, driver of the practicality of, of powerful ICs and now the next thing that happens is that within ULP, we've seen PIMICs that have been actually incorporated on some of these uh, devices that can have a efficiency of about 90%, in some cases even higher, and that could extend to low voltage uh, generation. 
So perhaps in the 40 millivolt to 100 millivolt region, we might be looking at a 90% conversion efficiency. So that's very encouraging. And even if the PIMIC wasn't incorporated into the IC, uh, there could be an external IC, uh, an external PIMIC, that would have that type of power conversion efficiency. Um, the next big trend is that the energy harvesting sources have gotten more practical to use. And by that, um, well, there, there now are easy to implement harvesting modules. They tend to be simple packages that could range from piezoelectric to solar, tag, or, or microwind, things like that. But, but the modules themselves are very wide in terms of their case sizes and power levels. Um, they're very easy to implement, few additional components. And there's also more suppliers with more information on how to use those devices and how to optimize them. And then the third thing that is a, uh, a major impact on this is the ability to find storage capacitors that can be matched to the particular system. And by that, we, we can say that there are small to very large uh, capacitors, elect large electrical value capacitors, that would match perfectly with the type of load which is is uh, in need of, of being powered. So this is a very important topic. There's, it's difficult to go through uh, all of it in a short time, but ICs have gotten more efficient. We've got PIMICs that can convert that power, and we've got uh, power sources, energy harvesting sources, that are easier to use, put out more power per unit volume, more reliable, and also the capacitors that could store them. So it's a perfect storm of those three trends coming together. Okay, so where do capacitors fit into all this? You know, how do they help improve the efficiency of energy storage? Well, the capacitors can be thought of as, as almost like the, the tanker, uh, the tank that we're going to store the energy in. And there's three main types of capacitors that could be used in these specific power levels. Uh, one might be a supercapacitor. So supercapacitors, very simple to get something on the order of, of greater than a farad per cubic centimeter. They're light, they're reliable, uh, inexpensive, easy to implement. That's a very good option for general purpose bulk storage. Um, there is another type of capacitor, tantalum capacitors, which tend to have the lowest leakage current of any of the storage devices out there. In fact, they could be lower than one, uh, excuse me, 0.1 microamp, lower than 0.1 microamp. So that's exceptionally important for very low power energy conversion uh, situations. And then there's even high CV ceramic capacitors. Um, I've seen those used on lower power design, lower demand, um, low-cost modules. They might be more related to temperature and relative humidity, things like that, uh, those types of sensors. But um, there's three good options there for, for designers. You could almost think of the, uh, of the supercapacitors as being the 18-wheeler 
uh, the 18 we are carrying gasoline, right? A huge amount of energy is potentially stored in there. The tantalums might be thought of as a as a smaller truck, maybe a cargo truck, the delivery trucks for propane, and the MLCCs. You can almost think of those as as half gallon or maybe one gallon uh, plastic gas cans. Uh, okay, it's hard to to really think of capacitors in terms of gasoline containers, but in a way that that analogy is kind of simplifying the uh, amount of power that you could store into these devices. Right. Now, to, to bring this back around to Kyocera AVX, and by the way, I love the new name, uh, what's, what's their value add in this department? Well, we have uh, great labs, number one, that can do some, some uh, work with customers and IC houses themselves. In fact, one of our studies was to take a, uh, an MCU with a, a PEMIC and to actually create a two-stage conversion circuit. Uh, the first stage was to have a, a low-loss, ultra-low-loss, fast-charge capacitor that would help this IC wake up and realize its states. Uh, in conjunction to that, there was a supercapacitor that was used for long-term storage. Once the supercapacitor was charged up, uh, power was, was transferred or powering was transferred to the supercapacitor. The, uh, the wake-up capacitor was recharged, and when the power was depleted on the main cap, um, the whole cycle started again. The uh, small capacitor was used to, uh, to keep the uh, IC in a particular state, and, and the whole cycle uh, re recycled. I guess the whole point is we, we work directly with some of the end customers and the IC houses uh, to find the right capacitor that would be used. In general, though, we could say that we've got the three main types of capacitors needed for energy storage. Supercapacitors from small to large, like we said, one, one centimeter would uh, we get at something over a farad. We also have things that are in the, the many meter range, cubic meters, so massive amounts of power there. We offer the tantalum capacitors, which could be uh, anything from miniature devices all the way down to an 0402, but very large all the way up to modules. And then, of course, there's MLCCs. But regardless of the component type, which regardless of the family, we will have uh, 3D models, we'll have weight models, uh, we'll have the reliability graphs to let you know how many cycles of charge, discharge could occur, and even predictive models that would show what would be the amount of energy that we would store at temperature um, and also with age. So there's a lot of engineering support that's available. This is an absolutely wide open aspect of uh, capacitor usage and we'll see a, a lot of increased uh, demand for this type of service and these types of products. Excellent. Well, Thanks, Ron. It's always a pleasure. On behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and healthy and have a great day.